What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, January 22nd. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, a podcast that's devoted to protecting the endangered species that is the big gold bird on Lady Gaga's inauguration dress. Yeah, these big birds are important, and we need to act fast if we want future generations to enjoy how gold and big they are. Yeah, folks, it is the most beautiful animal alive. Which is why we have to keep it alive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On today's show, a conversation with Dr. Ashish Jha about the vaccine rollout and new coronavirus variants. Then some headlines. But first, the latest. Let me be very clear. Things are going to continue to get worse before they get better. The memorial we, uh, we held uh, two nights ago will not be our last one, unfortunately. The death toll will likely top 500,000 next month. The cases will continue to mount. We didn't get into this mess overnight. And it's going to take months for us to turn things around. But let me be equally clear. We will get through this. We will defeat this pandemic. That was President Biden discussing his administration's plans to address the pandemic and the sobering reality of what we still have to face. Yesterday, on day two of his presidency, he released a 200-page national plan to centralize the response effort, which is a major departure from the last administration. And Mm -hmm. he signed another round of executive orders and directives targeted at the health crisis. So let's just start with those. Yeah, so there are now new requirements for masks on interstate transportation, if you weren't doing that already, and new rules for international travelers to quarantine in the U.S. upon arrival, though it's not clear how that is actually going to be enforced yet. There's also the creation of a so-called pandemic testing board that is intended to boost our capacity for nationwide testing, plus a directive to research more treatments and an effort to better collect and analyze data, among many, many other things that he did uh, on this day. Also, one of the other broader goals from President Biden and his team is to more regularly have government scientists at press briefings, a novel idea. And to that point, Dr. Fauci was back in the briefing room yesterday taking questions. Yeah. You can't keep the fouch down. <laughs> I love watching try. him strut up to that little podium, take off the mask. I'm like, yeah, he's forever. All right. Well, uh, of course, there's also the vaccine part of this whole strategy, which is what we're going to focus on today. So Biden is aiming for 100 million shots in 100 days. You know, we've heard it a lot. They've said it. 100, 100. We're counting. Count it down, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, He wants to use the Defense Production Act to help expedite vaccine production. But because we're relying on two vaccines for now and a lot of facilities are at full capacity, there might need to be some creative ways to approach this. For instance, there was mention of increasing production of a syringe that can squeeze more doses out of existing Pfizer vials. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'll, you know, I'll take what they're given. Backwash. Don't skimp. Give me the whole, I want a full original (laughs) vial. I'm taking what I can get at this moment. Uh, But one of the bigger questions now is whether this is going to be enough fast enough, given that we'll likely have more supply on hand in the next couple of months, the emergence of these new variants, and also what will happen after this 100-day mark when supplies could lapse. 
To get some answers on this, we wanted to check in with someone that's been deeply involved in tracking vaccines and how to effectively roll them out. Dr. Ashish Jha is the dean of the Brown University School of Public Health. I spoke with him yesterday, and here is that conversation. So uh, we're talking to you just as the Biden administration has taken over. They've laid out a plan to do 100 million doses in 100 days. Does that on its own seem doable to you? And if so, is that a pace, you know, about a million or so a day uh, that is going to be fast enough here? So first of all, I think it's doable. Um, They are left with um, without a great plan from the Trump team and without a lot of stockpiles. So there's going to be a lot of work to get there. Uh, so, but I do think they can do it. Unfortunately, I'm worried it may not be enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Trump team had promised that 50 million people would be vaccinated by the end of January. We're, we're at 17 million on the 21st of January. We're not going to get there. Right. So uh, given everything that's happening, I'm pretty worried that 100 million per over 100 days, while achievable, it may not be enough to keep us out of trouble. Yeah. And, and so along that course, there are some challenges of ramping up at this point. You know, many more doses have been shipped out to states than have been administered. I think the ratio right now is something like 30 something million to 17 million. What do you see as the source of the mismatch that exists there? And do you see signs of improvement since we've started? Yeah. Yeah, both. So I do see signs of improvement, but there are still some challenges, right? So uh, so the first question is, why have states been so slow? Why mm-hmm. has this gone so slowly? Right. And the short answer is because the federal government did zero planning, put no resources in, did not help the states, and said to states, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And no surprise, states have not, uh, didn't hit the ground running. The good news is states are getting better. Over the last week, we've been seeing kind of 800,000, 900,000 a day uh, from states. Uh, the states, the what things that are slowing them down still, there's a lot of complex rules. States don't have enough staff. They don't have enough resources. Uh, again, all places where I think the federal government could help. Um, left unto itself, I think states will kind of plod along and do okay. But the Biden team's been pretty clear. They're going to put the resources in from the federal government, FEMA, Public Health Service, uh, National Guard, or other uh, sources that, as needed, and a lot of dollars. Uh, put all that into states, I think you're going to see states really be able to ramp up a lot more. So in an ideal situation, how many shots per day would you want to set as a goal? Let's say there aren't limitations to supply or distribution or, you know, communication between federal and and state resources. Yeah, there were none of those restrictions, (laughs) Gideon. And and I'm going to show I'm going to drive the uh, Biden people crazy by saying this. (laughs) We really should be vaccinating two to three million people a day. Um, because we got a problem, which is this variant that is the UK variant that is starting to uh, circulate in the United States. It's a bad variant of this disease. Mm -hmm. It is far more contagious. It is going to cause a huge spike in infections. And we, we have two choices. We can do a national lockdown, which I don't think there's any political appetite for, or we can get a lot of people vaccinated very, very quickly. I would love to see every person over 65 Uh, who wants a vaccine to be vaccinated in the next six to eight weeks, we're going to need to be doing millions of doses a day in order to hit that. Right, right. And to the point of the variant, uh, there, you know, were other places like the UK taking an approach where they get first shots out to more people, or at least that's what they were talking about. I don't know exactly where they are at the moment and delay the timing of the second dose if necessary, while their supplies are limited. Where do you fall on that particular strategy? Yep. 
this has been a little bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, everybody should know that everybody needs two doses. So there's right. no like one dose strategy. The strategy question that comes up is do you give two doses by 28 days, which is what is what was studied in the clinical trials, or do you live with some proportion of people getting vaccinated, let's say a week or two or three later than ideal as a way to make sure that you get all the vaccines out? So if you have, let's say you have 10 million doses, you can give out 5 million and keep the other five in reserve, or you can give out all 10 million and then hope that your production keeps up so that you can get everybody their second dose on time, but not sweat it if somebody's a week or two late. Right. I am more of the latter category. I feel like it's it's very reasonable to let things, you know, if things are delayed by a couple of weeks, it's not a big deal. Um, I don't want to delay by months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely do not want to only do one dose. You've got to do two. But I think it's totally fine if everybody gets their second shot within two months. Um, but there are people who really are uncomfortable with that. The clinical trials really only looked at 28 days. Again, I think there's good scientific reason to think that what I'm proposing, what many of us are proposing, would be okay. And it would have the huge upside of being able to get all the doses out into people's arms and get that first dose in. Uh, but it does make people uncomfortable, and I understand that. Right. And uh, to the point of the variants also, and you know, the question of uh, vaccines and treatments that are existing in the world right now, how concerned are you about those new variants? I understand you know, there are different ones, South Africa, the UK, in terms of how the vaccines and the treatments are responding to them at the moment. Yeah, it's a very good question. And, and the short answer is it's a moving target. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. Uh, but all the evidence I have seen through this morning, there's some more data coming out this morning, uh, all the data so far suggests uh, that uh, the UK variant is going to be susceptible to the vaccine, meaning the vaccine will protect people against the UK variant. There's some data that the South Africa variant uh, may be a little bit trickier. But again, I think our vaccines are going to provide a good level of, of uh, protection. And then we can change our vaccines. We can actually make changes in our uh, both Moderna and Pfizer vaccine. Uh, to be more responsive if, if it ends up being that our vaccines don't work. But so far, all the data I'm seeing suggests that our vaccines are going to work. But this is one of the reasons we got to get these vaccines out very, very quickly into people's arms. They certainly aren't working if they're sitting in freezers. Also on the on the topic of variants, I saw some limited reporting on this, that, that there were some European countries that are discussing the necessity of higher grade medical masks, given the contagiousness yeah. of the new variants. Um, what do you make of that? And is that something that, that should be discussed here? Because I think one of the large concerns that people have right now is what the United States might look like in March or springtime if this is the, the dominant strain that exists. Absolutely. Look, uh, I think we're still underestimating how big a deal this variant is. Um, it's really bad. And you can look at the data from the UK and get uh, and, and that should make you nervous about about this. UK has turned things around by doing a very vigorous national lockdown. I don't see that happening here. Mm-hmm. So if we're not doing that, and we've talked about vaccines and how do we get vaccines out, but what else can we do? I, I do think upgrading the quality of masks is going to be really important. You know, I, um, even over the summer, used to wear cloth masks all the time and not worry about it. I have upgraded my own mask wearing. Uh, and then as the variant has started really uh, coming into play, I started rethinking my own strategy on masks. I think cloth masks are probably not enough for any hybrid situation. Look, if you're out for a walk with your dog, you, a cloth mask is fine, mm-hmm. uh, as long as you're not in a large group. 
But when you go inside a grocery store or some other place that's more high risk, you should be wearing a higher quality mask. So what might that mean? There are KN95s, KF94s. I wear a KF94. These are made in South Africa. I'm sorry, in South Korea. They're really pretty high quality masks. You can buy them on Amazon. You don't need any like special. Um, but also in really high risk situations where you're going to be in a room with 10 other people, first of all, you should try to avoid those. But if you yeah. are, double masking is another way to do it where you wear a surgical mask followed with a, with a cloth mask on top. But ultimately, I want more and clearer guidance on this stuff from the federal government, mm -hmm. from the CDC. I want to I help people buy and wear more high-quality masks. That's going to end up making a really big difference. So I think there are lots of things the government could be doing to be helpful to people here in terms of sorting out quality of masks. Most people can't sort this stuff out on their own. Um, you really do need expertise on this. Right. I completely agree with that. Yeah, they're you know, more clarity, the better. Uh, well, Dr. Ashish Jha, thank you so much again for taking the time today. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. And that's the latest. Stay safe. And we'll be back after some ads with a very special headlines guest. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? 
And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. So we've got a very special guest with us today, actor and comedian Alice Wetterland. Hi, Alice. How oh, my doing? God. Hi. I am so excited <laughs> to be here. We're so glad that you are joining us. I'm, in a, a, you know. I'm a fan. I'm, I got to say, I listen every day I wake up with you guys. And I love it. I'm just looking for a way to go to sleep with you guys. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is a great How weird would it have been? How strange would it be if I was like, I also wake up with you? <laughs> You'd be like, how? Not what, strange at all. I have a huge ego. I'm like, yeah, most people do. <laughs> Watch yeah. my special. <laughs> yes. Oh, love it. Well, Alice, uh, if you want to do us the honors, you can get us kicked off. Okay, great. Um, we have some good headlines today. The very first one was created when the simulation computer overheated. <laughs> oh. Okay, 30 Rock's Jane Krakowski allegedly had a romantic relationship with, drum roll please, the My <laughs> Pillow guy. Mike. Oh, no, no, no. No. Sleepboy Q. Um, <laughs> so this is until the summer of last year. And, you know, these two seem pretty different. But the truth is they're both TV stars. One of them was um, the best on the best sitcom of all time. And then the other one does loud, smiley monologues about neck support approximately 20 <laughs> times per commercial break on Tucker Carlson. So it's yeah, like it's sort of the same. And if right. you think about mm-hmm. it, if those commercials were a bit... Pretty yeah. good. Pretty um, solid. Right. Like, if this was all part of 30 Rock the whole time, fine. It's, and it seems like it is. So it you're does. like, holy yeah. shit, Liz Lemon. So far, <laughs> the story has only been reported by the Daily Mail. So we are proceeding with caution. But here's what we know, quote unquote, no, really. Lindell and Krakowski started seeing each other about a year ago with the King Bed Kingpin wooing the actress with gifts and flowers. She admired his rags to riches story and saw him as a role model for her son. But then she broke it off after uh, meeting him in person. Oh, no, that's scratched out. Um, meeting someone else. Because, <laughs> right? After she mm-hmm. met someone else in the Hamptons. And. Oh, wow. For all we know, that might have set off a chain reaction of events that ended last week with a heartbroken Lindell telling Trump something like, you need to turn the Lincoln Memorial into a megazord and roam through the city crushing lives on the monster's feet. I got, I'm yeah. so alone. <laughs> I'm like? so alone. I think, that's, I think that was a great Mike impression, yeah. I've never I thought it was it. JFK. I thought it was spot on. <laughs> it, was, it was Mike as JFK Jr. He is so. the JFK of pillows. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so for their part, both Lindell and Krakowski have denied the rumors, of course. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. all this is to say that Mr. Lindell is single and looking to mingle, looking for somebody <laughs> to fluff him up. You know <laughs> <what I> mean. <laughs> fully, fully, you know, can't be me. I'm single and not even happily so, just not desperate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that he wooed her with gifts. Mm-hmm. Like right. pillows. Yeah, pillows of different miniature, sizes. Maybe miniature pillows? I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Sounds that guy's hot. dripping in them. He loves it. <laughs> well, 
Look, there is some great news for people who enjoy the serene sounds of loud birds and the sweet <laughs> smells of petting zoos. So mm. not me, I guess. Um, <laughs> lawmakers in France approved a law yesterday that protects the sensory heritage of the French countryside. Mm-hmm. So this law comes amid rising tensions between longtime rural residents and a wave of newer arrivals, which residents are calling neo-rurals, which <laughs> not the easiest to say, <laughs> but good for them. In French good. it is. The grocery delivery app Instacart let go of all of its unionized employees yesterday as part of mass layoffs within the company. Yikes. Almost 2,000 employees were laid off, including the 10 employees who formed the first and only union on the platform. That can't be a coincidence. Uh, Instacart might not be as big as Uber or Lyft, but it wanted the other gig apps to know it's just as good at exploiting its workers. The company said the layoffs were part... They are. Uh, The company said the layoffs were part of reorganization efforts before they go public later this year. Then in other food union news, workers at Hunts Point Produce Market in the Bronx continued to protest for fair wages for the sixth day in a row yesterday after management refused to grant them a $1 raise and better health care. Seems wow, cheap. easy enough. 
On Monday, the NYPD attempted to disrupt the picket line and made several arrests. And on Wednesday, the workers were joined by AOC. There's no working person in New York City that I can hear of or even think of that would think that what you're doing is wrong. Everybody's behind you. Everybody's behind you. You know, someone means business when they have a megaphone. That's just the rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the market supplies a significant percentage of the fresh produce to New York City. So if management wants to keep those delicious red cabbages rolling, maybe they should listen to what the people who work there have to freaking say. Wow. That's right. People hate healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yes. They hate healthcare and people who own businesses hate giving out cheese and lettuce. Oh, is lettuce a slang for money that I don't know it about? It was. <laughs> it is, yes. I totally. Cool. Totally out there. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Whatever. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I have all the grocery lingo. Snapchat. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, follow her on Snapchat. All right. Well, Alice, this has just been a dream. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything that you would like to promote? The floor is yours. Um, thank you so much for having me. I actually have a show coming out on Sci-Fi Network. Next week, Ooh. it's called Resident Alien, and it premieres Ooh. January 27th at 10 p.m., 9 Eastern. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 9 Central. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, it's going to be online. <laughs> yeah, like, it's definitely a thing that you're going to watch when you get to watch it, when you choose, because yes. that's how we're living. It's going to be on the sci-fi website, and you could go watch it anytime, and they won't make you sign up for cable either. They're just going to let you see it, that's because tight. they don't care know. about you know, rules. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a great show, and you guys do a great show, so thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. Everybody check out Resident Alien. I, I don't know if you're the alien. No spoilers here, no spoilies, but those no are the spoilies, headlines. <laughs> no spoilies, and those are the headlines. One last thing before we go. The first episode of Rubicon Season 2 is out today. Join our editor-in-chief, Brian Boitler, as he walks us through Biden's first 100 days. Today's episode features Faz Shakir, Bernie Sanders' former campaign manager, and a discussion about the political challenges Biden faces and how Democrats can overcome them. Yeah, it's a fantastic listen, so go check it out. And don't forget to subscribe to Rubicon wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Friday. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, run from the Lincoln Megazord, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just the court transcripts of rooster lawsuits like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and enjoy, enjoy the, the first democratically, democratically controlled, controlled weekend. weekend. Uh, I feel just relaxed. I just feel yeah. so good. Blood pressure down, shoulders down. Mm-hmm. Might even crack a cold one. Yeah, Look at I me go. Some, some ice cream. Mmm. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Katie Long, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. 
Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.